You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 124 called Let Our Children Go. I have an extended interview for you today. It's an exceptional interview. If you aren't aware of what's been going on in America with Child Protective Services and the whole family court system, I think you're going to be a little shocked if you if you haven't heard of this or followed this. But um, my guest today, Mark and Terry Stamen, who have a, have a, really a heart wrenching story to tell, and it's not as uncommon as you might think. So when you're listening to this, just make sure that you understand that. And um, you know, I think, like I said, I think you'd be shocked if you haven't followed this at all. For those of you who have, probably not. On another note, I have a, another event coming up, and I'm, I've am i been working on this one for a while, but it's going to be a series of events, actually some um, webinars and some uh, interaction with people who are on the forefront of fighting against human trafficking and um, putting that together. You can go over to AmericaFirstProductions.com. That's the one that I use, the website and the company name that I use to produce my documentaries. And you can check it out. You can sign up for it. You will be given uh, quite a bit advance notice as far as the dates go. So you don't have to worry about that. But if you want to just put your name on the waiting list, you can do that over there. And that's greatly appreciated. Um, before we go into the interview today, I just want to remind you that if you're concerned about your investments and the economy, the uh, so-called Biden economics, which floors me that he would even claim this terrible econ economy, but I guess he thinks it's okay. So if you want to preserve your retirement accounts and diversify, head on over to KirkElliottPhD.com slash The Patriot Review, and you can get all kinds of free financial advice. You can get some great deals on gold and silver, and you can even get that physically in your hand. So check that out again, KirkElliottPhD, two L's, two T's, KirkElliottPhD.com slash The Patriot Review. I mentioned doing documentaries. If you haven't seen my documentary, Breaking the Oath Unauthorized, the documentary itself is free. You can see that both on redbloodedpatriots.com and America First Productions. And those are, again, americafirstproductions.com, and it's the number one ST. You go over there, you can check it out for free. But uh, for $29.99, actually reduced to $19.99, if you get the, if you insert the code America First, you get the Breaking the Oath Director's Edition, which is extended interviews with, with each of the cast members, uh, downloadable documentaries so you can share it, and uh, and more will be added to that as we go along. So check those things out. It'd be greatly appreciated. Next documentary on the list to be completed is Children of Tyranny and the War Against Parents' Rights. So uh, I, do, I do a lot. I do this show, and by the way, this show is going daily in the near future. I'll keep you informed about that. It'll be daily, I think, at 9 a.m. And uh, instead of just a weekly show, and it'll be switching to a, a segment maybe you're more familiar with. Instead of a long-form interview, we'll have several segments. We'll have four segments to show and 12-minute uh, segments. And we'll have some regulars on that new show as well. I've got some great people who have offered to help me out and be part of the show. And I will keep you informed as that goes forward. It should not be too much longer before I can really talk about that. 
But uh, anyway, that is uh, exciting stuff for me, and I hope that you join me when that when that happens. Last thing I'll mention is you can go head on over to Sherwood.tv slash TPR. Get yourself some Kingdom Fuel, and uh, it's a great tasting nutritional shake. You can check that out. They have a lot of other products. Again, Sherwood.tv slash TPR. Uh, so the episode today, as I said, was it's, it's about uh, CPS, Child Protective Services, and the family court system. And uh, it's called Let Our Children Go, Mark and Terry Stamen. And I am going to go ahead and start that interview. I will take a break in the middle of it to give you some time to stretch and then come back. So be looking for that. All right, here we go. I want to welcome to the Patriot Review, Mark and Terry Stamen, who I did try to have on once before, but I was unsuccessful in my technical skills and abilities and blew it. So here we are again. My apologies for that, and thank you so much for coming on and being with me here this time on the Patriot Review. Thanks for having us, Jeff. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. We're really excited about being here and uh, with your, every one of your audience, and i uh, got a very important topic to talk about today. We do, and as as you said, Mark, uh, the first time was just practice, so here we are. We're going to get it. We're going to nail it down and, and provide people with an awesome show. So we're talking about a large a large uh, picture issue, but one that you two have personal experience with and one that's very important. And I'm going to step out of the way and I'm just going to let Terry, I'm going to let you just introduce it and talk about it a little bit. And then um, uh, Mark, you were saying maybe you want to summarize your experience a little bit and um, uh, then we'll get into kind of the details and, and what is going on today and what the future might look like. And, um, what people out there can do about it and organizations like the one you're going to talk about that can help people. So uh, Terry, go ahead and uh, we'll get us started and we'll go from there. Yeah, thank you. So what, what we're going to be discussing is the uh, unlawful and unconstitutional separation of children that uh, from their parents that is occurring through the child welfare system in the United States, as well as other countries. Um, so we have actually started an organization called Let Our Children Go. Uh, General Flynn's sister Mary is an ambassador for our organization and people can find out more about that at letourchildrengo.org. And um, for people that are affected by this situation or want to be advocates or help, with uh, bringing an end to it. We also, there's a contact form on there. People can reach out to us and our email should be on there too. Um, so the reason that we got started on this journey and led to the forming of the organization is because we had this happen to our own family um, about seven years ago. We were homeschooling our seven children and um, we had an issue that began with a medical appointment for our 17 year old daughter. And uh, so that's how we got drawn into the situation ourselves. And as it has unfolded for us, we've met a lot of other families that are having had to deal with this situation with the uh, child welfare system, as well as just the family court um, system in general. Uh, it just affects so many people uh, that 
people that may be going through a divorce or uh, just people that are being affected because they've had an interaction with the medical community or someone in the schools or uh, a neighbor. Um, the way the system is set up, uh, people can make anonymous allegations and that uh, draws these people into your lives. And what we discovered is that um, our justice system is not there to put restraints on the way that they're behaving, uh, that your constitutional protections are not afforded to you once you get into the family court system and that they're able to proceed against families in a non-criminal uh, what they consider a non-criminal matter. They, they frame it as a civil uh, situation. They deny you a jury trial and they take your children and can keep them without ever charging you with a crime in order to do so or giving you a jury trial um, uh, with the jury of your peers uh, to determine whether they're going to keep your children. So we can get more into that, the details of that and what happened to our own family. Um, but just as we're starting off here, I just want people to know that have been affected by this or people that are uh, have a, a heart for helping children, that this system is very detrimental to children. Uh, it involves the foster care system where children are being put uh, away from the loving care and guidance of their parents. And um, one of the missions of our organization is to help raise awareness to the problem. And so we are on several social uh, sites and people can find us there pretty much just by doing a search for let our children go. We'll put and, it in the show description as well. And it's letourchildrengo.org folks. Make sure you use it.org because people yeah. my age, we all we always think it's dot com right away. And right. And there is, right. Because there is somebody else that has the dot com. So yes, ours is dot org. And uh if people, one of the things that people can do to help is just to help us get the message out on on the social sites like Twitter and Instagram or you know Truth Social. Um, what what I try to do is put a lot of the mainstream news articles that come out dealing with this issue. There are there come, it's pretty regular uh, that those stories will come out, um, and so just by being able to share that type of information with uh, people that aren't maybe as tuned in as other people that are, you know, more into alternative sources of news. Um, it, I think it's really helpful to get. AKA that, truth. Yeah, to get that information out. Yeah. And so one of the other missions for our organization is to offer a support uh, system for the families and their advocates that are going through this. Um, and so we do have a support group for families and we're also uh, able to help people get their story out um, on some different shows uh, if they're interested. Sometimes we're able to help get make those connections to help people to get their own story out um, to, to I mean, you know, it just depends if, if somebody's early on in the situation, it might help. And even for people who, you know, have been dealing with it for years, they may want to document sure. the story so they have it for their children to watch in the future or as they continue to fight. Um, well, I think there's a I think there's a I think there's a reason for having more hope these days than maybe in the past, because, you know, I, I'm a guy who loves the older TV. Right. Where it's like, you know, like the Robert. I was I like the Robert Stack episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. And one of the things since I started talking about this issue 
I started thinking about how many of those episodes dealt with CPS just going in and, and taking kids out of homes as far back as, well, the show anyway, as far back as the 1930s or 40s. And without the parents at home, they just take the kids and, you know, based on allegations. And that part of the system doesn't seem to have changed. And I think that what has changed is with all these other issues that are going on, the 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 normalcy bias or the well you know the um, there must be a reason that they're being taken away and the stigma on parents is now going to be questioned because our government wouldn't do that and people are waking up and realizing oh boy our government is a mess and they would do a lot of things including this and they are doing they are doing this and um, so hopefully I mean the good that can come out of that and the hope that can come out of that is people won't be so duped anymore and just into into believing that there's something wrong with these parents in every case, because, you know, that, that kind of used to be, I think the status quo, it used to be that uh, the stigma was so strong and hopefully that gets, gets reduced and gets broken by people waking up and by, by the efforts to educate people that organizations like yours uh, are, are taking. So, I guess the the first question I, I have is, you know, how common is this across the United States? This issue itself, you know, is it um, is it uh, you know something that you you have new cases coming in literally every day, every week, every month? You know, how many are out there that are reaching out to organizations like like yours? Yeah, I think that that, that that's a great question, Jeff, and it's a good segue into. Um, you know, uh, presenting the bigger picture for everyone. Um, you know, uh, Terry talked a little bit about um, the unlawful separation and, uh, of children from their homes. And she mentioned um, children, you know, the parents are not being charged with a crime. And uh, just just to lay it out there, you know, you know, anyone who cares about kids has an, you know, or has a heart for kids, um, you know, we readily recognize that, yeah, they are, you know, in the stage in their life, they're vulnerable, okay, to, to a number of different things. And, um, but, you know, uh, our founders and, you know, our creator uh, and what's been written in the Declaration of Independence, um, you know, uh, parents have a God-given responsibility to look after the welfare of their children. And for many years since the founding of our country and even throughout all human history, um, you know, uh, it, parents have been mostly successful at that. And, and to a great degree. And um, and yet, um, you know, there are those situations where, you know, um, things do happen. And, uh, but, you know, for the, the many years after the founding of our country, um, the whole focus of our system of government is about preservation and the promotion of our freedom. And uh, our founders established strict limitations on the powers of our government. And, uh, and, and, and set up a system that ensured that we would be a government of, by, and for the people. Mm-hmm. And yet, as the years have unfolded, especially over the last few decades, um, there has been a move to have uh, more intrusive government in the affairs of people um, under these uh, different disguises. And one such element, um, among many others that we see happening you know, within our, our country, is uh, the 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 child thefts and Title IV money thefts, money laundering operation, it's a predatory operation that's unfolding um, with increased frequency. And, you know, pursuant to your question, 
Um, yeah, these things are going on right now, even as we speak, and it's happening in all 50 states. And what's happening in respect to what we have identified as a fraud op is that um, child abuse and neglect is a criminal statute in just about every state in our country. Um, it is in the state of Kentucky, um, where we were living at the time when we were subjected to this. And, uh, um, and yet what's happening, um, and this is being driven, uh, before I get into specifically what's happening, but this what's driving it is that in 1997, there was a law passed by members of the 105th Congress, and it was enacted by, uh, by President Bill Clinton, um, driven um, the big push by Hillary Clinton. Um, probably along the lines of her worldview about it takes a village to raise kids. And what it did was it incentivized the CPS and family court system with large amounts of our titles for our social security money. And um, it, it, it established incentives um, for the states who are getting paid large amounts of our federal social security money um, to um, facilitate this scheme. And, and, and what's happening is that when we have people just making allegations against parents um, in respect to a an alleged welfare action pursuant to their kids without investigating them uh, pursuant to a crime or charging them with a crime or convicting them of a crime. And then they're taking the kids out of an established secure home, um, placing them um, outside of their home environment with largely strangers. And um, so this is why we see signs in our communities. Let me, let, me, let me just convey something along with that quick before you move on. Two things, actually. Number number one, just viewers, if you think about what else has been happening along the way, as uh, Mark is uh, explaining this this path, um, the other thing that's happened is that our individual liberties have been attacked, and in place of that, has this has this uh, sense of collectivism has been installed, this communistic ideal that. You know, we have to serve the whole people and not and it gets rid of the individual liberty, the individual rights of the parents, let's say. And, you know, it talks about what's better for the community. And we've allowed this over time, which I think has eroded the parents ability to actually fight back against stuff like this because their individual freedoms are are being removed. And uh, to your point of what you're talking about you know, to make it, I think, um, really hit home for people is you know what mark is saying is that when your kids are taken away the worse the the worse the i'll call it the diagnosis of the of the of the counselor or the the system the worse that they say that your children are off the more money that they actually get and therefore it's like the covid protocols if you go through these, you're rewarded for 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 <laughs> for being all gloom and doom and and saying that all these terrible things are happening. And there, so there's an incentive, right? And that's basically what you're saying is there's a cash incentive to do this. Yes, and that was an extra an excellent correlation that you made there, Jeff, because it is the same type of a thing. Um, and you know, with the monetary incentives, but there's so many other things that are tied into it. Um, that we'll probably touch upon to go forward here um, during during our conversation. But, uh, you know, um, back to the point, um, you know, this um, this scheme and, you know, and, and why we're seeing signs in our communities and we, we, we hear the commercials on the radio or the TV asking people to be foster parents, um, it isn't because, you know, we have a whole bunch of bad parents. 
And it isn't because we don't have relatives who are willing to take in children who are really truly in uh, criminal situations where there is real abuse or neglect happening pursuant to due process where we have an investigation, you know, uh, the acquiring of evidence, et cetera. It's just an allegation made against a parent and they say they have to take the children in the name of safety and best interests. And so, um, you know, children are just being, you know, basically kidnapped under the color of law. And then uh, they claim that, you know, well, their goal is reunification when they do this. And, you know, it could just be something simple, like um, if you disagree with, if you take your child in to get a medical assessment and, you, and you know, you, you, you think that something that they want to do is going to be not good for your child, um, mm -hmm. that, and, and, and you refuse, or if you go get a second opinion or a third opinion, um, or it could be a, a teacher at a school who maybe sees a bruise on uh, one of your children because they were wrestling with their brother or sister the night before, and they'll think that they're being uh, abused, um, that they will make that call. And as soon as they make that call, it it it, it um, drives all of these actions. And so they will show up and then they will make the, these inquiries, um, basically ignoring all of your constitutional protections, like, you know, you know, your Fourth Amendment for, for, you know, search and seizure without, you know, having a warrant pursuant to investigation or a criminal charge. And so uh, beyond that, what will happen is that they will want to subject parents to all of these four services, like a psychiatric value, a psychological evaluation, uh, family counseling, anger management, drug testing, um, or anything else they want to come up with. And so they want you to sign on to a case plan. And as Terry was saying, uh, being that, um, you know, like parents haven't been subjected to a criminal charge or a conviction, um, for people um, who refuse not, who, who choose not to comply, um, they run the fast track to either adopting out their children or to, um, or to putting them in a, uh, like a permanent foster care placement. And all of these services that, um, from what we're seeing um, with, in our interaction with our families, uh, do not drive the, the, the reunification in, in most cases. Um, there are a few exceptions, um, usually because parents become vocal and become, you know, you know begin protesting, but um, that's a rare thing. Um, usually what happens is, is that after the subjection of all these services and the people who do choose to comply, they will, they will come up with reasons through, the, through those services that they want to force, not to facilitate reunification, but they'll fabricate or they'll come up with things as to why they won't give the children back to their parents. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's almost like a, a, a lose-lose situation. And um, so- don't you, think that, don't you think that the, we've also become a society of emotion? We've moved away from fact and logic, and it's all about emotion now. Everything is, but it's been, and I'm probably going to catch hell for saying this, but it's been over-feminized. Everything is, everything is, is you know, well, that's why dads have been attacked. That's why families and fatherhood has been attacked. It's what, so everything is, is, is based on emotion, and these people who, who are in charge of making those decisions are also thinking emotionally and even personally i would say probably right i mean they're like you know um <laughs> yeah i don't like well, to be challenged and um you know i i don't know what do you think about that am i off base that on that uh no i, I don't think you're 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 off base on it i mean there, there's a lot of things that are that are tied into this um some people will you know for years jeff we've had um you know, look, our system of government, the way our founders established it, is good. And one of the first first uh, 
first president, I think it may have been John Adams, I think one of his quotes was that um, our system of government is made for a moral and religious people. And, you know, so if you have good people doing good things, but what happens when you get a bunch of bad people within your system who are working within your system um, against you to not uphold um, the protections of your constitutional rights, to not uphold, um, you know, the, the rights endowed upon us by our creator, one of which is is our right to parent our children. You know, that's well, so a right. I go Where I go with that is even people who, who don't think they're evil, but people who, who have been educated in a way that they think that they are these these warriors that are you are you are an unintelligent uh, hillbilly who's you know who believes in who doesn't believe in science and you can't make your own decisions and you you know they know better than you they're elitist and they're you know so I don't even know does evil does evil really come into play if you don't know that you're doing evil and you just believe that you know you're in the right I I don't know that's a question maybe above my pay grade but the results are certainly evil aren't they. Yes. And um, so, you know, really what's happening is an undermining of parental authority, you know, mm -hmm. um, which is really, you know, the bedrock of our country, the, the, the parental authority, the family unit, um, teaching children respect and, you know, um, to their parents so that they can guide them along and, you know, pass along our American heritage to them. And so we get a bunch of bad people within the system. And they enact laws that are contrary to our constitution, and they facilitate this scheme of the kidnapping and this, the, basically the stealing of our social security money. And, and this is what's happening under this safety and best interests of the children disguised. And, um, and so, you know, when I was talking about, uh, you know, really the end game is the destruction of the family, because that's really the outcome that mm -hmm. we see happening with so many other families and, and, and parents. And then the re-education of our children once these people with other agendas get a hold of them. And, you know, um, child trafficking networks, Jeff, are being fed um, children uh, through this system. Um, right. Through happening. CPS directly. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people are volunteering to be foster parents who are predators and they're taking children out of, you know, that are not truly, um, you know, at risk situations and placing them in truly at risk and dangerous and harmful situations where, Many children even don't even make it out alive. You know, they don't. Well, they yeah. don't. Come I mean, insane. they don't make it out alive. Well, let me ask the viewers this: I mean, how do you trust a system that? How do you trust a system to take care of your of children and look out for the needs of children who, at the same time, are advancing the normalization of pedophilia? So how how do how do you make those two things work together? They don't. They don't work together, and I think you know. Hopefully, more and more people wake up to that fact and. You know, one thing that I've said a, a, a number of times in other episodes is, and it's true with every issue I talk about, we we say we care about our children, we say we care about future generations of America, but in every case, whether we're talking about this or we're talking about debt or we're talking about, you know, whatever it is, uh, the victim is always children. It's always children. And they're the ones who bear the brunt of everything. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just waiting for more and more people to kind of put their money where their mouth is and to stand up and to start saying, hey, it's not acceptable. And, you know, you guys you guys are certainly doing that and to be commended for that. And um, part of the problem, I think, is we just... Your point, um, if, if I could just let Terry yeah, come in here for a minute to talk a little bit about what we're seeing happen with 
um, you know, the threat to children with the with the transgender push um, and children, and then what's happening within our system of government mm-hmm. along those lines. Terry, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So the the this um, the issue with the um, the alphabet, uh, the LGBTQIA plus or whatever, uh, two spirit, whatever it is. For the, um, there is actually guidance for foster parents put out by government uh, encouraging uh, affirmation of these things. I mean, um, I have this documented on our Twitter at Let Our Children Go, Let My Children Go is the handle there. Um, and we are seeing states, this is not, um, you know, just uh, a caseworker who is fresh out of college and thinks that you should be raising your child a certain way. And if you're not, then they're going to sweep in and, you know, commit, you know, come up with something that they're going to be able to separate your child from you. But we actually have uh, states now um, getting on board with this this uh, this mindset uh, to the point that the Associated Press came out with a headline a few weeks ago, I guess. Now, I'm not sure how long it's been, I mean, that long ago. Uh, that trans minors, uh, the headline was something along the lines of trans minors to be protected from parents. Um, that had to do with a law that was passed in Washington state. Yeah. Um, it's just a real danger because even, you know, I saw even though the state of Tennessee, which people would consider a red state, uh, were trying to pass a law. And I think the Department of Justice was trying to challenge them on even being able to to have that law. So uh, when you've got the federal government pushing this this mindset and then you've got um, uh, certain states going along with it, um, it is actually it's opening up a huge can of worms uh, for the state to be able to uh, come in and uh, once your child has been uh, indoctrinated with this kind of mindset, either through uh, something they've seen on the computer or, um, you know, in their church or in school. Mm-hmm. Some people say, well, I homeschool. Well, there's other ways that this message is, is probably being able to Social be reached. media, big time. And so once they that happens and then, you know, I mean, there's just so many ways that these people can wiggle into your lives. Um, and then when they can come in and say, well, this, you know, that you're emotionally uh, neglecting your child, you're medically neglecting your child, you're you know, this is, you know, and what people need to realize is that they can do that. OK, because of the. um the unconstitutional way that they are being allowed to operate and the family court system and the way the family court system is operated. You know, before this happened to us, we had heard of some CPS thing, you know, CPS stuff. And so we sort of knew, you know, well, CPS, you know, uh, questioning that. But I think what I didn't realize was that you're not just going to go before a judge and you're going to get this cleared up because of the way they have this system running. They have their own little 
court that they bring you into. You're not going right. before just a, a criminal court with these people. Uh, you know, like I said before, it, they consider it a civil matter. They run it through what they call and in the state of Kentucky, you know, family court system. I think it's called that in other in other states, too. And mm -hmm. we actually have a show that we've been doing um, that people can tune into week. We try to do a weekly show and it's called Let Our Children Go. Um, it airs over on Rumble. And we actually had a family um, out of Florida. Uh, so, you know, people think, oh, well, I live in a red state. Well, yeah. we've been doing series state by state and we covered the state of Florida. And we had a family there whose children, um, they never got their child back. Their child was adopted by somebody else. and. And they said that they actually had the the police, I guess, come in and do an investigation and the police, they weren't charged. But yet CPS was still able to proceed and to what they call terminate their rights. And their daughter was adopted out uh, to somebody else. Uh, so this is what people need to realize that this is happening. And you're not going to be Mr. Rambo at your door and say, oh, you're not going to take my kid because um, they can bring in their SWAT team and uh, they will get what they want. They well, will get what they want. We've seen that. I mean, even, so, the, even you know, the people knee jerk reaction is, oh, they tried that with me, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not how this works. And that's not reality. Um, and uh, I mean, look at the look at the, uh, you know, what they did with the, you know, just look what they're doing with people. So to have that kind right, of money. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Look at the school moms who were who, you know, have the audacity to care about what their kids are taught in school and speak up at the school board meetings, right? And they're breaking down their doors, you know, and the FBI is coming in rather than rather than trying to do what they're supposed to be doing and and uh, investigating things that matter. You know, they've, they've now, and there's more and more evidence coming out on the surveillance of the American people. They're calling, you know, especially white males and domestic terrorists and basically anybody who believes in the Constitution and our individual liberties and freedoms we're, we're the enemy now, according to them, and uh, it's becoming more and more evident through their actions, and it's becoming harder and harder for them to identify that that isn't the, to, to uh, deny that that isn't the case, right? So, um, you know, your, this, this, this situation with CPS and everything that's going on is just another example of, you know, why I, I've really kind of swung to a place where you know, it's, it's not it's not about left versus right anymore. It's it's we have this uniparty where one party does something, the other party looks the other way, and they might talk about it and kick and scream about it. But there, none of them, except for a very very limited group of people, are are really there to really do what they're supposed to be doing and and helping their constituents have a better life and a more free life. And I think that's why they hate Donald Trump so much is because he's a threat to to that status quo, whether 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 you're out there and you like him or not. I mean, the fact is that, you know, you know that's that's his whole gig. That's his whole thing. That's what he's you know, that's what he's all about. Right. And uh, so we're going to take a quick break. But what I wanted to mention along with that part of the interview is that if you follow the headlines just yesterday, there was a headline about. France passing a law that the government could, at their will, uh, turn on, activate your camera on your iPhone and your microphone and monitor you. And uh, of course, there's riots going on in France and everything else, and it's like, gee, no wonder why. 
Well, guess what? You know, the same types of things are happening here in America. And when the Patriot Act came along after 9-11, I think, uh, you know, the, the majority of people were not thinking clearly and trusted our government too much and um, didn't think that the, the government would take advantage of these things that they wanted and abuse them. And they certainly did to the point, to the extreme that under Barack Obama, American citizens were killed without due process. And uh, you can look that up. If you don't believe me, that's the absolute truth. We'll take a quick break and be back with the rest of the interview. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I um, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was it was just a horrific. Um, sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and I guess our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that the color of grace changed, and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. We're about news, commentary, conversations, truth, liberty, and God. We stand for American values and our flag. 
we believe that the Constitution is a document that fortifies rights already given to us by our Creator. We will not apologize for our love of God and country, ever. We are Right America Media. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Hey folks, just a quick thing. If you want to help support me in making documentaries and continuing to do this show, you can get a great deal by going over to Frank Social, getting yourself an account on Frank Social, going to my profile and subscribing. For three bucks a month, you get a lot of insider stuff. You get some, uh, you get a one-on-one insider Zoom call with me every month. Uh, you get uh, insider act, uh, action and uh access access to the documentaries before they before they're released publicly sorry about stumbling all over my words and uh, you get subscriber only special special stories and um, a lot more you can kind of read that on the screen over there and uh, just a reminder that uh, everything that we do we support we're pro-christian and we are pro-american as it's intended to be pro-america and um, i hope that you go ahead and do that that price may change i just want to get uh, a number of people in there if you go in there at three dollars a month it's locked in forever for you that price won't change you can also check out my gofundme donation uh, buttons on both websites redbloodedpatriots.com and americafirstproductions.com and uh, i'm gonna go back to the interview and um, let me know what you think let me know if you know somebody or if you have been personally affected like mark and terry here very curious to know what your thoughts are you can leave them in the comments that'd be great so well, I agree with you about them not listening to their constituents. I mean, this is a federal issue yes. as well as a state issue. And we did go to our Senator Rand Paul and Representative uh, Thomas Massey's office and uh, Representative Brad Winstrup's office. And so we have reached out to those people that you would think would be there to say, oh, hold on a second. What's going on here? And uh, they're not they're not there to, to stand up and say, you know, this is a problem for families in our country. Uh, and you asked about the numbers. There can tens of thousands. Uh, the government puts out the numbers, and you, so you can, easy, you know, you can find out the acts, the the amount of children that are in the foster care system. You know, uh, estimated, and uh, you know, yeah, it can be hundreds of thousands. Um, you, know, it, you know, just depends on at the time. I but, wonder, uh, has there been any study as far as you know what what um, what uh, percentage of those are actually kids that need help versus those where the system has abused the powers that that they've been given categories um we did like uh i don't know maybe up up to a two and a up, up to about a year and a half um survey of documents we were actually able to get in the state of kentucky um, identifying 
the breakout, you know, and, and as far as the out of home placement, some of them are in institutions, some of them are in group homes, but largely um, most of them, and, and this is common across all 50 states, um, are placed in foster care. And this goes back to what I was talking a little bit about before. Um, and the reason for that is because, well, people sometimes ask, well, why aren't they children who are being removed placed with relatives? Well, um, there's very little to no money um, that flows out to the state um, agencies and to the state governments themselves uh, for relative placement. And so that's the driver for these calls for more and more foster care uh, foster parents because the, the, the incentive is they have to take more kids every year to get you know, the annual bonus for the adoption aspect. And so the goal is, is to the dissolution of the biological um, and natural family units uh, to the redistribution of the children and then and then their re-education. And so, um, you know, Terry talked a little bit about the civil thing again, and I just want to touch upon that real quick before we move into some other things. But um, we only set up our system of government um, to prosecute crimes, and uh, we we enacted laws that are criminal in nature for the, the proper due process. And the usurpation that's going on right now is the assumption of unlawful powers that we have not set up our system uh, our government systems to act against us um, in a civil proceeding unless we have co contracted with them for a certain um, for a certain thing, you know. And uh, none of the parents, including ourselves that we've talked to, have contracted with the state for the welfare of their children. So there can't be a legitimate civil proceeding. That's why it's a fraud operation. And um, that you know, when we go to our representatives and we go to our government officials, we identify the crimes, um, you know. In our Declaration of Independence, Jeff, it says very clearly that our governments are established to secure our rights. They're, they're unalienable. And um, mm -hmm. right now we have people within our system that are ignoring uh, the security of our rights. And that's why these things are happening, not just in respect to this topic we're talking about, but many other right. areas. Mm -hmm. um, so because if we have our rights, we're going to have our children. We're going to have proper due process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can just look at the people, the the J six people. I mean, right. they're being denied <laughs> process across the board. You know, mm -hmm. and um, so you know, uh, and largely, largely, it's the alphabet soup of agencies that are bureaucrats that have no, that are not elected. That in every, in almost every instance, I mean, that's what it is, isn't it? Whether it's the IRS, the DOD, or the FBI, or the, you know, or or CPS, right. or, or Department of Education, on the the, you know. The, right. uh, so brainwashing that's going on, you know, the whole thing. Right. So we want your audience to, under, to, to really grasp that this is a threat. Um, no child is safe right now in the United States. Um, this, is a, uh, this is an incentivized thing um, under a predatory disguise. And, uh, you know, for them to get that annual bonus um, and they have, you know, one of the lawyers that we were watching, he was talking about it. He said, the more kids, the more money. This is how this system operates. And so as you have kids who will age out or they get adopted out through the destruction of the natural family unit, they're going back out and getting more kids because they have to keep that money scheme going. And then that's how they're feeding the child trafficking networks. Mm -hmm. And you know, the traumatic effect on the children, Jeff, is, is it's so damaging. Um, they will put them on psychotropic drugs. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, then, and that's where they get more money. And then that's where the real... Uh, exploitation happens in these in these trafficking networks, and, um, and that's and where then, the doctors come in and get aggressive with parents and say, "Oh, well, so you know, you have this discussion about, well, gee, how about uh, you know, just managing anxiety through, you know, different uh, stress coping, different coping methods, and different uh, you know exercise and different things like that." And the doctors look at you like, "What are you nuts? I mean, <laughs> we 
we have these drugs that are available and uh so sure but and and what you were saying automatically draws the wrong type of people or ever draws people to to become foster parents for the wrong reason it's a profit mill so you got either people who are who are you know not tra child traffickers but still in it for the wrong reason because it's about the paycheck and then you got all this trafficking going on talk about that a little bit more yeah, well, I mean, we've come across, um, you know, that we, we've seen some foster care providers who are looking at it like a business where, you know, you'll even uh, have some people that will take in, you know, multiple numbers of children. And it's just, you know, I mean, what's the point of working if you can make and, you know, the amount of money we're talking about here, Jeff, is it, it, it can be up to two thousand dollars or maybe more in special needs cases per child per month. So it's like if you have a if you're taking in a family or you know kids wow. you know five kids or you know ten kids well that's a pretty hefty paycheck that you're going to be getting and you know the the corruption in our government um, is that they know that they're basically what they're doing is they've given our state governments a printing press for money on the heads of our children and so they go after the kids and they know they're going to get paid the federal money you know, for each child that's removed. And so they run this scheme to the destruction of the family and the destruction of the children um, and then their re-education. And so, you know, with the, the incentive, you know, to take more kids, well, every, like I said before, every every family's at risk. And so um, it's a real threat. And, uh, you know, it's, they've been doing this for several years under this lying narrative. And we're getting the word out now and we are having some traction, but we need more people to get the word out. Um, because of the destructive impact, not just on the children, but on the parents. Um, you know, parents' livelihoods are, are, are destroyed um, in various ways. And we can talk about a little bit about that in respect to our story, if you wanted to move into that or if you wanted to cover yeah. a couple of things. But yeah. even though we're going to be coming up on a time limitation here, but there'll be some additional things we'll be talking about pursuant to what, we, uh, what we're just covering. But, um, you know, we were like many people and, uh, you know, not really knowing what's going on. And um, uh, last year, we said this is our seven year point and, um, you know, seven beautiful children from our uh, 25 year marriage. Um, very successful, happy marriage. And, uh, um, you know, I'm a veteran, served in the Air Force for 20 years, honorably retired. And um, we we were homeschooling family. And, um, you know, our children have always been um, very healthy. We've had, you know, whenever they needed to have care, we would, you know, if we felt like they needed something, well, we would take them to get them checked out. And such so was the case with our 17-year-old daughter, Amy. She was um, in 2016. Um, she was just out with Terry and she was, you know, um, they were having a conversation. I guess they passed some sign and, and Terry was asked her a question. And it kind of, it, there, there may have been concern that T Amy may have had, some problems seeing the sign. So we talked about it and we're like, well, we're gonna set up an appointment um, to have her checked out, get an eye test. And that happened in February of 2016. When we went in there, first practitioner, um, you know, they did the check and then it kind of evolved into, into other things. And, you know, they were wanting to take blood and withdraw blood from our daughter. And you're like, well, we're just here for an eye test, okay? And um, so it was a practitioner we'd never seen before. And uh, Within a few days um, of that initial assessment, um, Terry started getting these harassing phone calls from the doctor insisting that we come back in um, because Amy needed to be evaluated uh, for additional things. And uh, I guess some of it was driven because of Amy's appearance. A a Amy, um, like most healthy adolescents, um, had grown a lot in the, in the preceding months. Um, you know, most kids, they grow up and before they grow outward. And uh, 
so you know, that was the case. And, and, and Amy, um, having a lot of her, you know, of our genes, our characteristics, she, she's tall and thin like us. And, you mm -hmm. know, that's just, just her body type. And so um, as, as things unfolded, we didn't go back to that first practitioner, but just because of our, you know, of our own peace of mind, we'll make sure, you know, just we set up a second uh, assessment. And that was scheduled for March 25th of, uh, or excuse me, March 28th of, of, of 2016. Now, leading up to that time, we began receiving inquiries as if from CPS telling us to call them. And I'm not gonna hit all the, I'm not gonna cover every detail just for the sake of time. I'm gonna hit the high points. But, but if um, anybody wants more detail or they have questions, mm -hmm. or well, if they want more detail, our website has an Our Story tab and we've got interviews yeah, listed there. The, the and if anybody has questions, um, they can reach out to us. Yeah, so letterchildrengo.org. Yeah, so basically what happened was when CPS became involved and, you know, we had a big police scene, um, you know, they were alleging that our daughter was um, in imminent danger of dying, that she was anorexic and, uh, and that without immediate treatment, she was going to die soon. And fairly retaliatory uh, situation here. Yeah, and, and there's other things in respect to a trafficking network also that we uncovered. We'll talk about here in a couple minutes. But um, this uh, the, the way the situation unfolded was, um, you know, we, we were never charged with a crime uh, that, you know, um, we, we had the police come to our, our door several times. Um, and, and, you know, we we showed them uh, the result of the second practitioner's assessment, which was that she was in good health and under no restrictions. They did the same type of an assessment that, um, and she was, you know, her height and weight were different. She was actually heavier um, and, and weight and shorter in height. And she was in a very good zone in respect to her um, and, and to her, you know, her physical, um, you know, just the way she was, so she was fine. Mm -hmm. And we knew that. And um, so, uh, because we would um, not go back to that first practice center, well, they they continued to move against us. And um, you know, I want to I want to I want to set it out there that um, this was a pre-planned conspiracy to kidnap our kids, um, and we know who's involved and how this came about. Um, there is a there there are there are government people involved in it, and then there are non-government or private citizens involved. And uh, the people who eventually got our kids pursuant to the conspiracy was the girlfriend of Terry's father and her father. And they lived a few houses down the street from us at the time. And they basically wanted to have, you know, the say in respect to what went on in our family. And, um, you know, to the complete disregard of, of, of our parental authority and our parental, um, you know, just oversight of our children. And I just, and, I um, just wanted to let people know that mm -hmm. this involved uh, the Louisville Metro Police Department, that, that this happened in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't know if we mentioned this yeah, before. Yeah, it did. And so this woman has a, a had a twin brother on the Louisville Metro Police Department. And um, uh, so as the scheme unfolded, um, you know, they had come to our house several times or wanting us to take Amy to the hospital or, you know, and uh you know we had no need for that they wanted to come in and and and, and look at our chil children and interview them and you know mm -hmm. we wouldn't i showed them the good health document on this big police scene and before you before you get too much further uh you had mentioned that you know that this was the the word that everybody out there is automatically skeptical is the word conspiracy and i say you know the the only difference between conspiracy is truth is two months and for, yeah. for those people who 
out, are out there and they're skeptical automatically at that word. What I was looking up on my phone was the story that I saw and I couldn't remember the name. So there's a story um, from Tennessee, Tennessee Children's Home Society, Georgia Tan, her name was, uh, was involved in, in basically taking 5,000 babies and selling them. And this happened quite a while ago, but uh, as a as a judge, I mean, so uh, certainly, you know, there's there's history for it. And uh, like anything in the United States, the media is complicit in all of it. And the media won't won't call attention to these state or federal sanctioned uh, basically travesties of justice, right? I mean that that's that's also something you're fighting. And it's part of the part of the part of the whole stigma and part of the you know conspiracy theorists and this and that when it, when it's actually you're arguing from fact, aren't you? Yeah, and you know, Jeff, that's a another great point you made. Um, you know, when people do hear the word conspiracy, I mean, look, the word conspiracy appears in many of our federal laws. Okay, and our, mm -hmm. so it's, it's it's not a bad word. Um, and, you know, you can have conspiracy theories, but then, you know, you can also have conspiracy facts. And we're speaking from the facts. And we're going to get to that here in a minute before we, before we close out for, um, for, for this interview. But um, basically what happened was, is we showed the good health document to the police that we got from the second practitioner on March 28th. Um, they left from the big police scene, even though they were alleging that our daughter was in imminent danger, which was kind of contradictory. And so things kind of went to where we acquired counsel and they advised that I take my daughter, Amy, down to the court on April the 6th, 2016, and I did that. And when we went into the courtroom, um, there's a lot of other little details, but basically what happened was we presented the good health document and I'm thinking worst case scenario, the judge just order an independent analysis. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, the judge did order Amy to be taken directly to the hospital, but that didn't happen. Um, she actually left the courtroom with the girlfriend of Terry's father and a an accomplice, uh, Terry's half-aunt, who was also part of this scheme to kidnap our children. And um, they took her back to our house and began moving her things out of our house down to the girlfriend of Terry's father and her father's house. So they made four trips. And this was happening while they were moving against me to put me in jail without charging me with a crime. They were saying that they just needed to hold me until they got her other six children. So once they once they accomplished that, um, 20, about 22 hours later, I was eventually re released from jail. Um, I got a letter from my attorney stating that I had not been charged with a crime. Uh, the police officers on March 28th said that in one of the um, videos that we recorded. That then why did they why did they participate in it? Right, exactly, because, and this is where it goes into the conspiracy aspect of it, and that mm -hmm. you know, once they got a hold of our children, they eventually did take Amy to the hospital, um, you know, later that night, but it wasn't immediate um, in accordance with the order. Um, but after 10 days, um, she was not diagnosed with um, anorexia nervosa. So instead of returning all of our children to us, they moved in other areas of our life. They, because we were homeschoolers and our children went to school year round, um, and that they didn't know what grade that they were in because we never told them what grade they were in. It wasn't important to us to have that when they're going year round, um, that we were educationally neglecting our children. And they alleged that we also didn't register with the state, even though we had proof um, by letters sent to us by the state agencies that we had registered our children and followed the state law. Um, they used that as a point against us. And, um, you know, the outcome of that was that, like, 
So they put our children in one of the worst public school systems um, outside of, of our home environment. And um, within about eight months of taking them, our daughter, um, Amy, became a um, scholarship winner, um, you know, which was a result of our investment um, in her and, and her brothers and sisters were on the same path. And so um, because we would not comply with services that they wanted to force upon us, and this is where it gets into the constitutional issues, um, you know, the 13th Amendment, there's two parts of the 13th Amendment. It says that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude um, is to exist in the United States um, unless we've been convicted of a crime. Right. Yeah. So, you know, because we weren't contracted with the state um, for the oversight of our of our children um, and we had not been charged or convicted of a crime um, that and then you know they, they were subjecting us to involuntary servitude, which is a mm -hmm. that that is a federal crime under um, Title 18, uh, Chapter 13, Sections 241 and 242. People can look that up. Um, you cannot deprive an American citizen of any of their constitutional rights. Um, you know, that it's a federal crime. And so in addition to the uh, deprivation of a jury trial, as they continued down this course and we refused to comply with services, uh, what they did was they eventually officially gave our children to the girlfriend of Terry's father and then eventually to her aunt. Um, that's how it unfolded. And then um, so we have been fighting um, this fight. And the reason we went down a different path was because uh, and this gets into the conspiracy facts, Jeff, and that um, and, and really the high point of, of our whole experience is that we began to see similar images with very distinctive writing style um, on the CPS uh, documents that were left at our house, uh, the family court documents that we were getting in the mail, uh, in addition to being given to us um, by by our attorneys. Um, and then when we went into the court file in November of 2016, you know, we had to pay 25 cents a copy. Um, and uh, by this time, they were taking child support money out of my military pension, which to the current day has totaled over $45,000 or close to it. Um, so after they steal our children, they're stealing our money and then they're subjecting Terry to the same. But what we did was we, we scanned all the documents and then we compared to some letters that the girlfriend of Terry's father had, uh, had given us and we saved them. And very distinctive writing style uh, identified that um, her and possibly um, uh, another, her aunt, um, but mostly the girlfriend of Terry's father, it appears, is the mastermind behind this game running and participating in a child trafficking network has been operating there for probably several years in the evidence. We have a party invitation going back to 2005. We have a letter in 2013. And um, so we went through every letter A through Z on uh, every CPS family court and even police documents and uh, came up with almost, um, well, over over 1,100 images, cl close to 1,200 images. Um, and then numbers, you know, from zero through nine. And so we PowerPointed them. And then what we did was we were identifying the conspiracies, the fraud, um, multiple felonies at the state and federal level. We went through every law enforcement agency available to us. And um, we couldn't get anybody to open an investigation. Um, we even met with a U.S. attorney's office um, in West Virginia for an hour and a half, and he was convinced enough, um, and he assured us that if, if we showed evidence of a federal crime, um, that he would he would push it forward. Well, after meeting with him um, and uh, an HHS investigator and a victim's advocate for an hour and a half, he was convinced enough to take all of our information, and then he forwarded it back to Kentucky, and he made a copy for himself. And um, when I went back to Kentucky, um, they acknowledged they received it, um, but 
after a couple of weeks elapsed, they claimed to look at it, but their response to us was that if we felt that there was still something that, be, that needed to be looked at, that we should go to the FBI. Well, in our many crime reports that we had sub submitted to them, we had um, identified that we had been to the FBI several times already with no response. And- They um, so knew they didn't so, look at it. Yeah, so it cued us into, um, you know, that they did not look at it. There's no way that they could have looked at it. And the FBI is the FBI's too busy doing things like covering hunters tracks. I mean, they're, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we continued up the chain to the highest levels of the Department of Justice, and yet yeah, we've been denied. And we have evidence of more than 50 felonies, state and federal, and probably twice as many uh, misdemeanors that have been grossly disregarded. So we've been denied um, justice, and uh, we're even being denied remedy because when we go to civilian attorneys, um, they will give us a variety of excuses as to why they, why, even after they acknowledge the evidence that we have in several high-profile attorneys have acknowledged, yeah, you got the evidence is right there, but they won't do anything. And um, some will go so far as to say, well, they have immunity. And this is something that I want um, your audience to, um, to pay very close attention to because it ties into the other deprivations of rights and really what is a, just one element of a bigger, seditious operation to destroy our country from within. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna quote uh, the federal law so people can look it up themselves. But it's um, it's in Title 42, Chapter 21, Section 1981, and it states very clearly in there. It's it's identified as a statement of equal rights. It, it came about probably as a result of Dr. Martin Luther King, the Civil Rights Movement back in the 60s and 70s. But it's Title Give 42. Give the citation again. Yeah, Title 42, Chapter 21, Section 1981, and in it it says that all persons under the jurisdiction of the United States shall um, shall uh, have the same right in every state to sue and be subject to like pains, punishments, and penalties. And what that means is, is that we have a right to criminal justice and to have civil remedy um, for offenses against us. Um, and it also states in paragraph C that it protects against impairment under the color of state law. Now, going back to the Adoption and Safe Families Act of 1997 and around that, that began the enactment of many of these state, well, every state has one of these immunity laws pursuant to child welfare actions. You can just type in your state on any internet browser um, and type in child welfare, immunity, uh, abuse and neglect or whatever, and you'll see your state will come up and you'll have a law there that says that they're immune from civil or criminal, um, you know, prosecution. Yeah. And so when we have a federal law that protects against the impairment of that, and when we take that to our highest levels of the Department of Justice, and they still ignore that. Now, that 1981 statute, Jeff, is a statement of equal rights. Our rights come to us from our creator. They're unalienable. Our government was established to secure them. And this ties in and is glowing evidence that we have bad people within our system who are doing this to run these schemes and then to um, immunize themselves unlawfully mm -hmm. um, to the harm to our children and the destruction of families. And so that's 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 what has happened um, over these many years and what continues to unfold to the current day. Um, and so this is a we the people problem. And, um, you know, yeah. as we're getting ready to close this out, I'm going to give it back over to you for any questions or other comments you well, want to make. Again, you know, I think one of the first things that comes up is, you know, I always talk about that there's this spider web of things and each each web comes at, we're in the center and each web is 
all these different ways that they're attacking us. And you talked about immunity. Well, where else did we see that recently? We saw that with COVID. We saw that with, we saw that with uh, the injections and you, you know, the law requires you requires a a doctor to, to give informed consent, but they themselves are not informed because the package inserts for the, for the drugs are blank. So, I mean, you know, yet they're protected. And I, you know, I really think that, um, all of this, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, these are all basically, uh, you know, very, very serious crimes, and some of them up to the level of crimes against humanity. And you know, it's almost like you, you really have to push for this Nuremberg type trial and round some of these people up. I mean, the problem is you have these, you have these uh, agencies, and you have them now weaponized. You know, so they're not doing their jobs. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're they're given orders not to do so and um so it's really frustrating i think for everybody in all of these issues because what recourse do you actually have and the only i mean you you can give you can redirect this however you want but i mean the the in the end it just comes down again to how much evil are you going to tolerate and you know the people have to stand up and and push back and i don't mean be violent but you certainly have to push back right how, how do you see how do you see the correct response? Well, that kind of ties in with what our Letter Children Go um, operation and the Heritage and Freedom Coalition mission is all about, and that is, you know, we want to uh, do everything we can to resolve this peacefully. Um, but people have been, um, you know, to basically er- ourselves included, to every agency available to us, and the heart of our republic is our is our Congress. And, you know, many people have already been to their representatives like we have, like Terry mentioned, you know, we, we've been to them and, you know, they kind of string you along for a little bit and then they kind of rush you off in the end. Um, and, you know, uh, Senator Rand Paul, he was provided a, a ton of information. In fact, on what we were wanting to do was when the DOJ was not investigating um, and being responsive to our many, you know, demands for an investigation, we wanted an answer. We had all the criteria pretty much met for a case of national interest. That we went back to our representatives and said, you know, we want to open up a congressional inquiry into why they're not into why they're not doing their jobs because of all the other corruption that we were seeing going on back to the 2016 election and then all the things after that, you know, mm-hmm. that it wasn't operating in accordance with the charter and that we wanted to have questions answered. And yet, in the end, basically, they brushed us off and ignored us. And so to answer your question, um, you know, they can keep doing that to individual families here and there. We know many other families who have traveled similar paths and with the same result and are, you know, but together, um, you know, our voices together, um, you know, to apply the pressure at the right pressure points. The pressure point is our Congress. And the Letter Children Go mission and the HGFC mission is to um, build networks across the country um, that we want to be a support mechanism for families um, we want to. We also want to be safeguards and and to show up to ask questions uh, that people can contact in respect to these people that are running, you know, these rings because we uncovered that ring in Louisville, Kentucky, which their system, Jeff, in 1991 began as a pilot project for the rest of the country. That family court system, and so what we uncovered there, we think, is probably operating like a script. And so to build those local action networks, um, you know, we we ask people to join with us in our mission. Um, share it, like Terry was saying, across your social media, talk with a neighbor, talk with a friend. Um, you can connect with just one other person. And if you want to become active within your communities, 
Um, General Flynn talks a lot about um, local action and national impact, that if we can join the people together and build those trusts and, you know, really making America great again is going to be dependent on each one of us, um, op, you know, being faithful and showing up with our, 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 our stake interests, because every American has a stake in this, our children are our future. And if we let them continue stealing our children and our money and indoctrinating them in the totalitarianism, um, authoritarianism, socialism, communism, that's where we, we will lose it. You know, yeah. we will lose it generationally. And so please reach out to us. Um, we are going to be a, a mechanism that is, is, you know, we're already making a lot of progress by what you're doing and other people that are getting the word out, but to build those local action networks because an ounce of prevention truly is worth a pound of cure. And if you don't want this happening to you or someone in your family, and it will come around if you don't do anything. You don't want to be on this side of it, not knowing what's happening to your children or see the destructive impacts on your children. And so that if we can get enough people that, that, that we build those networks, that we 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 build that um, that that large group of people that when we go to our representatives, they will see that the people now are showing up and we demand the corrective action. And if they're not going to be yeah. faithful to their charter, then we have a right to, to insist on their resignation. You know, that yeah. we have the evidence that they're not doing what we're paying them to do. And if you're not going to do that, then pick your issue. Pick that that's the problem. Pick your issue because right. this is this is happening in, in so many different areas that, you know, I mean, I don't know what it takes to get people motivated, but if you're not motivated by now, you know, um first you know, look in the mirror and understand that collectively you can make a difference. And even individually, especially locally, you can make a difference. But um I thank you. thank you guys for coming on, Terry. I just want to give you an opportunity to to say anything that you want to say in closing as well. Well, just for anybody that has been watching uh, and made it to the end with us here, that uh, you know, if if people could connect with us, uh, that's really what we want. We want to uh, be able to network with people and work together. Um, and so anybody out there that uh, wants to do that, please, please reach out to us. Um, uh, the best way probably is just through our, our website there. You can uh, get us uh, through the contact page there or our email address uh, should be on there, too, at letourchildrengo.org. And um, we just ask that people would uh, join with us and help share the information and we appreciate the time that you've uh, given us, Jeff. No, it's, a, it's an honor to have you guys on here. And, Mark, thank you for your service. You guys, uh, God bless you both. And I can't imagine going through what you've gone through. And, you know, I think that uh, anybody out there that has children, if they put themselves in, in your shoes, would understand just how uh, traumatic it would be for both the children and the parents and just how difficult it must be. So, Jeff, uh, before you go, may I make it just some, say something real quick? Sure. Um, you had mentioned something about, um, and during the pregame, about closing with a Bible verse. And, mm -hmm. you know, when we were talking to this, um, we wanted to make it our aim that we were going to reach out and help other people in the midst of our own, um, in the midst of our own situation. And uh, that is all driven by Ephesians 6, 8. And Ephesians 6, 8 says that whatever good anyone has done, you will receive back um, from our Heavenly Father. And uh, we have made that our aim, and we've already seen um, a lot of good come back. Um, you know, the very destructive impact, we were put in a homeless situation, but um, we, we've been able to, to get back out of that. Um, 
and because of the good that's come back. And so if he's in six, eight, whatever good you do. And so just know that if you're sitting out there thinking, well, what can I do to get involved? You know, um, whatever your passion is, whatever your gift, whatever your calling is, every little piece in, in yeah. is important. Every person is important. So just know that whatever good you choose to do, it will come back to you and you will make a, a huge difference in someone's life and for the betterment of our country. And so, Jeff, thank you very much for having us. We really enjoyed being with you. My pleasure. Today, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And I'd love to have you back. Thanks for sticking the, the through the whole interview there. I realized it was a little longer, it was extended, but a lot of great information. And um, if you haven't heard of this issue before, and it's your first time really understanding what's happening across America, it is it's completely alarming and um, heartbreaking. For those of you that are in uh, CPS or the family court system, we I fully realize Mark and Terry fully realize. I think everybody realizes that there are good people within the system. It's the system itself that just locks people into maybe doing things without thinking about the consequences. So if you are if you are in those systems, I ask you to to think and contemplate about what's going on and how maybe you can be the instigator of change from within the system. And I think that's what we need. And uh, I love the Bible verse that he chose because I can tell you that uh, after having been diagnosed with a disability and completely changing course in life, never imagined I'd be here doing this. Um, as you can probably tell, I don't have a background in journalism. I just tell the truth and I just, uh, I just uh, send a message as to what's going on, raise the alarm, but also try to end on a positive note. And I think that verse that Mark shared is the way to do that. So whatever you do that is in the name of Christ or whatever you do that is to help people, if you're, if you're not a believer, whatever it is you do that helps to enrich other people's lives, um, you know, is going to come back to you many times. And I can't tell you since my experience going down this path, uh, how many wonderful people I've met and how many uh, relationships have have really kept me going um, because we're frankly folks we're being bombarded and uh, it's it's more it's not make America great again it's make America America again and it's let's uh, let's secure those individual freedoms and liberties that we are intended to have and this is especially evident in those folks you know that the the trauma that is caused by everything that's going on is especially evident, I think, in our veterans like Mark, those people who really have given a lot of their life to secure those rights and taken an oath to secure those rights, the same oath that many of these worthless politicians have taken and violate on a daily basis, up to and including to the level of tyranny uh, and up to and including the level of treason. And uh, one example that I frequently share of treason is Mr. Biden's uh, departure from Afghanistan, giving our enemy aid and comfort by giving them $85 billion worth of military equipment. If that isn't treason, I don't know what is. But I do want to leave, and I realize it's a little long, I do want to leave with a, a video of a veteran who, uh, at 100 years old, spoke about what he sees in America today. Um, I will have a special episode this week, Wednesday. Stay, stay tuned for that. It's going to be um, with attorney Karen Mueller and the Amos Center for Justice and Liberty probably Wednesday night. 
So uh, stay tuned to social media for that. Uh, but thank you very much for being here, especially if this is your first time. I really appreciate your help and support. I don't know. I've, I've lived a good life. I mean, I've had a, a lot, a lot of happiness, happiness, smiling, telling everybody that everything was beautiful every day. If I went into my church and didn't say everything was beautiful, they'd think I was sick. And, I, and I'm not that way. I mean, I'm a, uh, I, I sincerely believe in this old world that everything is beautiful. I mean, if I see, if I wake up in the morning and see these plants out here and, they, and all those flowers that are in there and the green grass on the, on the ground, that's beautiful. And people don't realize what they have. They bitch about it. And then nowadays, I am so upset that the things we did and the things we fought for and the boys that died for it, it's all gone down the drain. Our country's gone to hell in a handbasket. We haven't got the country we had when I was raised. Not at all. Nobody will have the fun I had. Nobody will have the opportunity I had. It's just not the same. That's not what I'm That's not what they died for. 